0: Hi everybody, I'm Dan Duva, radio play-by-play broadcaster for the Golden Knights. Welcome to episode 14 of SLGND, the Sheriff Lawless and Some Guy Named Dave podcast, presented by the D-Hotel in downtown Las Vegas. Our post-trade deadline program examines the moves made and not made by Golden Knights GM George McPhee. Gary Lawless has a special one-on-one interview with TSN insider Darren Dreger to break it all down from a Vegas standpoint and analysis of Vegas's two main acquisitions, forward Ryan Reeves and Tomas Tatar. We also look at the other trades around the NHL, which team improved the most, and in the quiz, which team will look back at this trade deadline with regret. In Razor Fold, we talk about the budding Kings-Knights rivalry and... How to pack for a five-game road trip? It's hashtag SLGND. Sheriff Lawless and some guy named Dave, presented by the D Hotel. And now, here's Dave. All right, Dan
1: Duba, thanks very much. I am some guy named Dave. Dave Gosher, Shane Nutter, Gary Lawless, Dan Duba, the sheriff lawless and some guy named Dave. podcast coming to you from the stage at the d hotel right here on fremont street the official hotel downtown of your vegas golden nights uh, great to have everyone with us here we have some uh some stragglers walking by i think they so they look up they have we have signers on the stage chain and i think they're wondering what are these four dopes doing up there
2: uh, that's usually the case. Yeah, I think uh, a lot of people are wondering what's going on, but it's uh, a little Vegas Golden Knights talk, a little bit of us uh, going back and forth with one another here on stage. So it should be a lot of fun.
1: Well, we get a full show uh, coming up here a little later on. Uh, Gary had a chance to catch up with Darren Dreger uh, from TSN up in Canada and get a report, his thoughts on the NHL trade deadline, which just passed a couple of days ago. Uh, a lot of big moves around the league, some moves that also were not made, and we'll get into that a little bit later on in the show as well. But I guess I guess the best place to start would be uh, the Golden Knights, still in a terrific spot near the top of the Western Conference as we talk here today. And the moves they made at the trade deadline, Shane, they, they pick up Thomas uh, Tomas Tatar from the Detroit Red Wings. Ryan Reeves comes over from the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, some areas that... I think we kind of felt they would look to strengthen and needed strengthening as we watched his team through the first 60 plus games of the year and they were able to address a couple of needs.
2: Well, he certainly did and we'll start uh, I think with Ryan Reeves, that was the first trade they made. Uh, got him in a fourth round pick, some money was exchanged as part of a deal with two other teams, Pittsburgh and Ottawa. Uh, and you know, we're, we're following a game and Ryan Reeves took two penalties in the third and, and that said, uh, if you watch the penalties You can argue them. I'm going to say that now. I could use a better word. It would start with horse, and it would rhyme with uh, it. Um, Ryan Reeves brings an element to this team. When you get down to the playoffs, and and is he going to play in every? I don't know. I think a lot of that depends on the team. But he allows you to match up against certain teams, whether it's Anaheim, whether it's L.A., and in nashville winnipeg there's some big teams in the west that you need that element he brings i think he moves around the ice really well he's only played a couple games you got to give him time to acclimate himself to get into it i just want to point out one thing last game he did take that penalty on on forbert the big hit i don't know if anybody watched but the next shift the exact same thing forbert went back and the ripcord came out parachute he dodged right of the way gave the puck free so, yes, there was a penalty. Which
3: resulted there. almost in a
2: scoring chance. Exactly. So those things happen, and that, there's not many players around the league now that put a little bit of fear into a defenseman going back for a puck, but Ryan Reeves is one of those guys.
3: I, I find it, you know, the, the, this opinion, that the, the personality of the team is going to change no. overnight. William Carlson isn't going to change the way he plays because Ryan Reeves is on the team, except for William Carlson is going to feel free to be the creative player that he wants to be, because he knows that some dope is going to come and give him a hard time. He has that security blanket, that insurance in Ryan Reeves. I think the penalty on Monday night, the hooking penalty, the offensive zone, the stick penalty. I didn't like that one. Yeah. Uh, and you know, but the penalties last night, they were both, to me, they were both good hits, and <laughs> it's it's what you want to watch. As a hockey fan, It's it's got speed, it's got some violence, it's clean, and I, I agree with you 100%. It is going to change the way the opponents play.
0: Yeah, Gary, you and I talked about it on the radio broadcast the other day. You don't want to see a hooking call from Reeves, but he will gladly accept the hard hit, and if it leads to a penalty, so be it. That's his game. I had some folks call our post-game radio show after the game against the Kings, and some people talking about that concern, that the identity might change, and... Somebody used the word "goon" to describe Ryan Reeves. Yeah. And I, no. I dissuaded them from a punch. That. Right, no. and, and, and here's the other thing. I said, "Well, were you complaining about the way William Carrier was playing through a good chunk of the season before he was injured? Because William Carrier has a grand total of one goal and one assist. What was his optimal role?" throwing his weight around, and forcing other teams into taking penalties. He was drawing as many penalties as anybody else on the Golden Knights. You don't see it right now because he's been injured a couple of times. So guess what? Ryan Reeves can do those kinds of things. And as you point out, he's eight years older than Carrier. He's got that reputation to strike fear in the heart of opponent. Sure, a couple of questionable penalty calls against him. That was far from the number one reason that the Golden Knights lost against the Kings.
1: No, it's not going to change their identity. Look, he— He's one of those few guys, and you might not even have to use all your fingers in in the league. That he hits guys so hard, maybe like Tom Wilson of the Capitals, maybe is in this group. He hits guys so hard, and it it he it looks so violent. They're not penalties.
3: Right. Those two hits last night a Forbidden and Colbert were you not watch. penalties. No, clean. He, he, it's, he, yeah. He glides into the hit. on he, crap. He's a professional. He knows how to. Yeah. He spent his whole career doing this. You think Ken Hitchcock was going to throw him out on the ice as often as he did? If Reeves was going to take a penalty every time, he knows how to play the game in that role. He's perfected it. It's why he's so valuable. He's not
1: going to have to. And look, who's going to fight him? It's not about him fighting or not no. fighting. It, it's about, you know, you kind of talked about this, Shane. Other guys, you know, they, you grow a little bit, right? If you know he's there just as a security blanket. Who's going to fight Ryan Reeves? No, why would you take that on? It's not about that. It's about bringing an element they really didn't have to their team before they made this trade.
2: Well, there's a lot of Kings players chasing him around after and go back to the first game against the Kings. Kyle Clifford collided with Oscar Lindbergh. Lindbergh's done for the night. Reeves didn't fight him, but he addressed it. Take Reeves out of the lineup. That same thing happens. Well, now, who's going to, you know, Derek, England. you don't want Derek England. He's 35, plays big minutes for these guys. You don't want him stepping in. Kyle Clifford probably is running around the rest of the night. Reeves has a quick conversation. Kyle Clifford wasn't running around the rest of the night. Right,
0: and Shane, exactly, I agree, because it's not that other guys on the roster couldn't do that. It's that you don't want a McNabb or an England or other forwards to do that. You don't, especially in a playoff series, These guys are going to be exhausted enough trying to score goals or defend an opposing team in the regular course of the game. You don't want them distracted with another aspect, and that's where Reeves fills that void.
1: Well, Ryan Reeves uh, acquired from the Pittsburgh Penguins in kind of a a multi-team trade with Ottawa, Pittsburgh, and the Golden Knights. But the Golden Knights land Ryan Reeves, and then right up literally to the deadline, Gary, they acquire Tomas Tatar from the Detroit Red Wings. Um, saw him on Tuesday night in his first game uh, with the Golden Knights. But talk maybe a little bit about your thoughts on that deal. They gave up three draft picks to get him. Um, yeah, the, what the, struck the, you about it?
3: Well, you know, George McPhee, first of all, he's not a rental. That's the first thing. They've got a player that they have for the rest of this year and for the next three years. And he's a, he scores 20 goals or more every year. So if you use those three draft picks and you get a Thomas Tatar, out of those three draft picks, you've done very well. So instead, they've taken those picks and they've given themselves certainty. And we heard Bill Foley talk about this. This was the kind of player that he wanted to see George McPhee acquire. Guys that were already ready, uh, That and now they have control of him in terms of having him for three for, th- for three years after this season. I really like the deal. You know, I think you probably would have liked to have done it with, with two picks, but... Ken Holland did. Uh, uh, he was born at night, but not last night. He knew that, you know, he was in a position where he didn't have to move that player. He can keep him around. He's very useful in Detroit. If he was going to trade, it was going to be a big package. So, uh, you know, I think George McPhee pushed some of his chips in to try and be better immediately this year. But it's also, it's a futures deal as well because of the contract. So I really like the deal.
2: I agree. And. Everybody all of a sudden, well, how did he give up three picks? Well, let's look. This year, it's a first-round pick. It's going to be a late round. It's not a deep draft from what we hear from a lot of scouts around the league. Then you get a a second round next year. So this this year, say if he's dynamite, maybe he plays in two years. Who knows? You get a second round next year. You're not going to see that guy for another three to four years. And then a 2021 pick, well, it's going to be a third round. You never know. And They may hit a home run. But we're we're in the, the city of odds right now, and the odds would say... If they could get one as gary mentioned one player that brings the return thomas tomash tatar does they're doing well out of those three picks so right now they're in a position where they're a good team now they don't need those guys they're looking for something for now and the next the remainder of tatar's contract which allows them so much and watching them last night and we were mentioning the identity and it's not going to change golden knights john stevens interviewed him talked to him he talked about vegas and how quick they play the pressure they put on well it's only a small sample size we've seen from Patar. I've watched him for a while. He plays with quickness. He fits into the mold and the identity of the Golden Knights, and he can move up and down the lineup. Kneel out of the lineup, he can move up. Uh, he can sit, and then he brings depth to the other lines. He can play power play. I think he's going to get better and better as he gets more comfortable. But I really believe he has the asset, assets that really complement the Golden Knights quickness. He's got a good shot. He reads the play. He can make plays in traffic, dart in and out of certain areas. I think he's going to be a real nice fight, fit here for Vegas. I'll
0: throw in one more asset, and it applies to both Reeves and Tatar. And I exchanged notes with uh, one of his Red Wings teammates yesterday. And the exact quote about Tatar is, everyone loves him. These are both personality, character guys that affect the room in a very positive way. They're very different kinds of players in Reeves and Tatar, but they still bring that experience. And Tatar is 27. He won a championship in the minors. And Reeves is 31. So you've got two guys with experience at this level and are beloved in the respective dressing rooms.
1: You know, in the the area with Tatar too, Shane, is, look, you know, we've— watched every game this year it was more and more apparent as the season went on they needed help on that left side third uh, third line Mm -hmm. and you know we had different you know different people there Brendan Leipzig was there who got moved out to Vancouver the deadline Oscar Lindbergh's been up there there have been other people that have tried to fill that that void but now you get somebody who's a proven 20-goal scorer and as you move ahead in the playoffs and you've been through these battles over the years in the league your depth gets tested players are going to get hurt and you're gonna need players like him and you move down the road in the, the grind of a playoff series it's
2: interesting and coaches talk about a lot of different ways everybody immediately looks at the firepower the top six a lot of times in playoffs that top six cancels each other off it's the bottom six that usually makes the difference and well, i don't know usually but a lot of the time and it's very important to have the depth we've moved years beyond where it used to be you just needed top six scoring and the other guys to fill in Now you need top nine, top 12 if you want. You need everybody to contribute, and when you get that depth scoring is when you become a successful team. And you know, the Golden Knights lost a couple in a row, and and I look to the importance of Pierre-Edward Belmar and what he brings, it's certainly very notable, his presence and what he brings to this team. Yes, he's the, if you want to call it third, fourth line winger, I know Gerard Gallant doesn't like to put numbers on his lines, but Belmar is a big hole out of
0: the lineup. And I'll ask the question to you guys, Assuming everyone's healthy, and right now that's not the case, and Belmar is perhaps most notable in that regard, but assuming everyone's healthy, how do those third and fourth lines look? Slot Tatarin on the left, Eakin at center, Tuck on the right, what do you do with the fourth line? Belmar in the middle, Reeves on the right, on the left, Nosek?
2: You know what it allows? It allows them to play the guys that are playing. Yeah. it gives some yeah. internal competition is what you want. So whoever's playing gets that chance. And, and you know, does Nosik move to center on the third line, to, you know, mm-hmm. or does he can, whoever's producing, whoever's playing is going to be in the lineup because they have that ability. Gerard Galant has the luxury to move guys around on their play, and that's what you want. You want the right guys going forward, the ones that are producing, the ones that are excelling at that time, and now he has that with his forward group when they're
1: all healthy. You know, they had cap space, two things they had going into the deadline, cap space, and they used that in a roundabout way to get uh, Ryan Reeves, right? They take on Broussard, 40% of that contract, and they had draft picks, and they used the picks to get Tatar, who, as you said, Gary, is under their control for another three years.
3: And they still have a surplus of six picks over the next three years like so it's I, I go back to that 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 analogy of not digging a hole well they they still they have got a t- they've got lots of draft picks and it'll be interesting to see you know like we're going to get to eric carlson in a minute but you know that deal isn't over yet eric carlson's going to be like, all of this we're going to sign eric carlson is baloney they're moving Eric Carlson. You don't talk yeah. about a generational player and trading him if you're not going to do it. It's, uh, they've upset the apple cart. They're going to have to make a move on that one for sure. Let's get into that.
1: Yeah, to that point, Gary. I mean, there was a lot of talk that the Golden Knights were as close as any team in acquiring Eric Carlson here at the deadline. Uh, he ends up staying put. It literally, I guess, went down to the wire. Uh, you know, As I mentioned, you caught up with Darren Dreger earlier. We're going to hear your conversation with him in a little while. But... From what you've heard, how close was this to happening, and why, at the end of the day, didn't it happen?
3: Yeah. Well, first of all, you know, George addressed this in his conference call by simply saying, "I don't talk about other teams' players," so we're not going to hear anything from the Golden Knights. But uh, Bob McKenzie, Darren Dreger, Elliot Friedman—they're all in accord on this. And you know, these guys don't throw darts at the board. They have excellent sources throughout the NHL. Uh, you know, Carlson has an agent. The agents talk. You know, you, you don't trade Eric Carlson without having him apprised of what's going on. So, you know, the agent would know exactly what went down on Monday and would have been, you know, involved in, in those discussions. So a couple of things there. If they were talking up to the last minute, you would have to surmise that, uh, that Eric Carlson's agent said at some point in time, Yes, we're willing to go to Vegas. I think that's you know uh, a big nod to the organization and, and what they're doing here. You have to you have to like that if you're a Golden Knights fan, uh, you know. And then I talk about this with Darren Drager, but Bill Foley's role in this is is really important because you know we all know that the package that that Ottawa wanted included trading Eric Carlson and Bobby Ryan. They're committed to Bobby Ryan for another three years at uh, $7.5 million. Carlson for this year and next year. Uh, you add it up, it's over $30 million. So you don't make a trade like that and bring in that kind of money without your owner being very involved and getting a sign-off from, from your owner. So Bill Foley certainly would have said at some point in time, okay, yeah, I'm all uh, I'm, I'm all right with that. And then the other part of it is is that you know when they got real close they didn't they didn't chase they would have had a package that they were willing to part with and when at the last minute it wasn't good enough they didn't panic and and lump something in george McPhee was able to walk away and again you need your owner's help to walk away from that because yeah. you know the owner then at that point in time is thinking we got the opportunity to get Eric Carlson. He's a generational player. And what does that do to my team right now? What does that do to our, our, our options to win the Stanley Cup? So all of those things are really good. But you, as a general manager, you can't roll the dice. You can't say we're going to give everything to get all of our future to get this guy now because what if he gets hurt? You know me yeah. mean there's you, – you have to have – the wherewithal of, okay, I'm willing to do this. I'm not going to damage myself so much down the line that, you know, to do anything to to get that player. You you, you can't, you have to have restraint and McPhee and Foley had restraint in this deal, obviously, or it would have gotten done and they stuck to their guns and you have to like that.
2: I'm curious why Pierre Dorian didn't take this. I think that's an organization that needs a shakeup. And I don't know if Eric Carlson will ever admit it, but I'll tell you right now, from a player's perspective, he wouldn't be happy that it didn't get done. I think think there's a disaster there that he cannot wait to get out of. Who knows? He may resign. But as it looks right now, with everything going on with the building tickets, so on, so this player is trying to move money out here and there, and, and guys going, it's just... It has not looked good. Yeah, you
3: mentioned Pierre Dorian, but what if it was Eugene Melnick? Because that's oh. the situation here. You, obviously, Melnick is involved in this. And at the last minute, someone got cold feet. Uh, you know, and, and we don't know, because McPhee is, is, is not talking no, about this. and, we're and ne- we never isn't. know. We're, we're, putting, we're putting the crumbs together based on the, the, the excellent reporting uh, of McKenzie, Drager, and Friedman, which is the best in the business. And we're, we're we're putting it all together and you know someone got cold feet and you you met, and maybe it was pierre dorian maybe it was eugene melnick because he's trying to oh. live in that town he's trying to build a new building in that town and you're talking about trading the most popular franchise. Player, franchise guy and if
1: you're trying to you know there's talk about to your point about a new building there's talk you know it's amazing to how quickly things change right that team was a goal away from going to the Stanley Cup final last year. Double overtime against Pittsburgh in the seventh game. And now it's all gone right down the drain. And if you are an Ottawa Senators fan, you want to know, is Eric Carlson going to be here? Is Mark Stone going to stick around? They've already traded Broussard. Um, they held on to Hoffman. But Carlson, you know, you talk about – and you're, you're probably right, Gary. It doesn't mean that this won't happen down the road. In a lot of these trades, you see it where it's almost – too complicated for they'll it never, to happen to the deadline they'll light.
3: never get the price that they could have gotten because now like you whoever was going to acquire Carlson on Monday was going to get him at, for a minimum of two playoff runs yep. well, now it's down to one and that you know that, that changes the price dramatically and what other owner it's, it's not just having cap space it's having an owner willing to mm-hmm. spend that money yeah. You know, so it, who else is going to say, hey, OK, I'll take Carlson and I'll take Bobby Ryan and, and all and that 30 million plus dollars. Now, it, it gets minimized a little bit when this season's over, but it's still well into the high 20s of what yeah. you're taking on with those two guys. So now uh, I think it's twenty eight million dollars. If I do my ma- my math correctly, uh, you know, who's going to make that deal? I don't think anyone is. Well, wow,
2: and they got to pay Carlson. That, that's the thing and you got to realize he's going to get a big deal coming up and I don't know where is, it's, it's going to be north there of 10. Is any
3: chance he signs in Ottawa?
2: Well, I think if he signs in Ottawa, they're going to pay the steepest price. It'll
3: be like $14 million. Absolutely. He's,
2: he's <laughs> going to take everything he can. <laughs> if, he's going to say, okay, you want me? And, and, Here's the price.
3: But I'll tell you what, Eric Carlson. So
2: then they get into... If, if that's the case and they say, well, we can't do that, well, then they're forced into a deal now and everybody else is like, okay. Yeah, it, like you said, not- they just turned out whatever if, it was. If Pierre Dorian thought he had a vice around his head now... Oh, I'm willing to bet that was the best deal they will get.
3: I would agree.
1: How about Pierre Dorian... At T-Mobile Arena. Well, we, yeah. got, we,
3: got them for, we got
1: them Friday. We <laughs> yeah. uh, got to see him. nice know, to have them on Friday. I
3: know Pierre quite well and have known him for a number of years. He, I said hi, Pierre. He looked at me for like two seconds and then just, like, he did not even, he was not talking to me. He wasn't talking to what anybody. What did you do to him? I haven't done anything to him, but I think he was just afraid of where the conversation might oh. go. He did not want to talk, and he went up and sat in the press box all by himself at the far, far end he, uh, he watched the game and uh, didn't do much chatting.
0: Can you guys imagine if the trade had happened and then the Ottawa Senators were coming to play the Golden oh. Knights on Friday? Which, of course, by the way, is the next game for the Golden Knights. Right.
1: Well, a lot that happened at the trade deadline. Some guys stayed put, like Eric Carlson. Max Pacioretty didn't go anywhere for the Canadians, but um, by all accounts, the Golden Knights were real close with Eric Carlson, but it never uh, never did happen, at least for now anyway. So the Sheriff Lawless and Some Guy Named Dave podcast, hashtag SLGND from... Fremont Street, the D-Hotel, the official downtown hotel of your Vegas Golden Knights. And a reminder for you Golden Knights fans, if you're heading to a game, do not fight for a parking space. Purchase your parking ahead of time in advance through the Park Mobile app and score your perfect spot at the preferred parking garages of the Vegas Golden Knights. Go to lasvegas.parkmobile.com to reserve your parking today. So the trade deadline, fellas, has come and gone. Uh, we've kind of broke down who the Golden Knights have, were able to pick up in, in Tatar and Reeves and, and who they were not able to land. Nobody landed Eric Carlson. Um, but as you look around the league, Shane, some teams, in addition to Vegas, were very active. Um, as you survey it, who do you think improved their team the most?
2: I think the majority of the teams got better. That, that's what's intriguing to me is... Uh, these, some of these first round matchups, when you get to playoffs, there's going to be good teams gone in the first round. And, and you look at what Pittsburgh did, uh, uh, you know, real, look at their three lines now. They bring in Derek Brassard, you know, behind, you know, Malkin, Crosby and, that, you know, Riley Shahan, who they brought in from Detroit, has rejuvenated his career after a tough season. That is as deep a center core as you can get. And and to follow that, if we're going to stick on the centers, let's move to Winnipeg, what they did bringing in Paul Stashney. You got Brian Little, Mark Scheifele, Paul Stashney, Adam Lowry when he's healthy, or Adam, uh, you know, Andrew Kopp, Matt Hendricks is playing well. They've got some depth there. Uh, And of course, uh, Boston, I think, you know, get Rick Nash into your lineup. You're you're talking about a top player. Uh, Tommy Wingles, they brought in. I think that brings some grit. Both players have scored for the team already, uh, providing that. So, you know, for Boston, Bergeron with a hairline fracture in his foot, that's a big, of, a bit of a loss, but they brought in some people that can help make that up, and, and they're going to be better. And then, maybe the biggest deal, and everybody talking about it, Tampa Bay, because, you know, they're considered the favorites coming into this season, and pretty much throughout the whole season, they had, you know, a guy like Ryan McDonough, the captain from the Rangers, and JT Miller, who I like JT Miller. I think he brings a different element. Because you think of Tampa, you think that the speed, the creativity, the skill. JT Miller has that, but he's got some sandpaper to him. He's, he's a guy they can park in front of the net. Uh, McDonough, a, he's a top two defenseman, but now you got him, Hedman, your top four is solidified there.
3: I like the, this reminds me of Anaheim when they had Pronger and Niedermeyer. I'm not suggesting that, that Hedman and, and McDonough are quite at that level because those two other guys are, you know, Norris Trophy guys but Hedman is very good and McDonough is uh, yeah. uh was you know it was is a number one guy in his own right and you put them together and uh, that's you know at least 50 minutes of quality top end defense if you split them up every night
2: well as I said I think every team I mentioned I don't know you can tell me different but I think they all got better
3: Winnipeg too uh, the, the yeah. Paul Statsny deal uh shovel the pays a big price uh with a first round pick and Eric Foley if uh if, depending on, I'm not sure how that works out. He's conditional somehow, but uh, that's. I like stats. He's a good ad for Winnipeg. Talk about uh, a slobber knocker last night. Nashville Nash- and Winnipeg yeah. went at it, and uh, Nashville won 6 5. Pretty good. That, that's, one of those teams is going to be gone at the end of the Well,
2: not only that, yeah, one of those teams is going to finish first. The other team, possibly Minnesota, who is quietly wow. just rolling along eric stahl five hatching. points
3: last night yeah it's
2: they're they're a team <laughs> exactly what i was talking about they're, yeah. they're, these first round matchups are going to be something else so that, that's the thing if you don't finish first in the central then you're gonna have either winnipeg minnesota nashville minnesota and it's not going to be
1: easy just on the on the tampa front you know their left side of their d is hedman mcdonough and sergachev pretty good really good young yeah. The other team I think that did well, and it wasn't with big flashy deals, but Nashville gets Ryan yeah. Hartman, who had the game winner last night in that game against Winnipeg. They bring in Brandon Bolig, who's pretty good up front, and they added Mike Fisher, who
3: came yeah. out of retirement. Yeah, for sure.
1: So that's a team that they didn't—they do, don't need to do anything to their D, right? That's you know they, their top four is if they're not the best in the league, they're right up there. But you add. Somebody like, you know, especially the way they like to play, which is go. Hartman can go, Bowley can go, and you bring in Fisher and the experience that he brings to it. I like, you know, it wasn't flashy, but they, I think they got made themselves I think they're too. one of the top teams.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Boston getting Rick Nash is an interesting deal, too, because I don't think he has to... He, he doesn't have to carry the load there. They've already right. got that great line with Bergeron, and Nash can move around. He's like Tatar in the essence that he gives him insurance if somebody gets hurt. And uh, he, listen, Rick Nash, he can take a game over. Oh, he, this is, still this has is, that ability. He is still a real high-quality player. And if you get to the Stanley Cup and you're up against... Uh, a big team from the West, having that long body uh, and that reach and that ability to play against a, a top-end line from the, from the opposition is a very helpful point.
1: They needed somebody there, too. or They wanted somebody to play on David Krejci's line, and, and he's a guy that does that. And, you know, that's a team, too, that, you know, we talk about the importance of draft and developing, and they've drafted very well over the last three or four years, put themselves in a position to be able to make a trade like this. Um, so, yeah, Boston's another team that, uh, that really was able to kind of improve themselves uh, at the deadline for sure.
3: Nash's best hockey I think that I've seen came in international circumstances with Team Canada when he didn't have to be the guy. Right. He, if he's not playing on that top line role, he's dominant against. Match him up against most second lines in the NHL, and Rick Nash is quite often the best player on the ice.
1: It's like um, Phil Kessel, right? He yes, had to be the exactly. guy in Toronto. Wasn't going to work. He doesn't have to be the guy in Pittsburgh.
0: <laughs> what do you guys think in that regard with the Vander Kane in San Jose, going from Buffalo, where he was, you know, I think right, he should be suspended spot. right now well, after the another... hit from uh, last night yeah that,
2: to me i don't know how that's not a
3: penalty let alone it should be a suspension yeah but
2: i'm the wrong at... guy to ask about it, advantage
3: well, <laughs> so am i we, we saw the act we, we, in we were in winnipeg yeah. so and, don't, don't yeah no, and, and just, it all starts great hey all the smiles last night and i i just thought oh yeah this is this is the way it goes well that's why i, I asked because we're, we're looking you know who got better you
0: know are the sharks better with him in the
3: short term they are for sure
0: I mean, when we're looking at potential early round playoff matchups and you're talking about well, who's going to get out of the first or second round, you know, what are the Sharks' chances? Are the Sharks' chances better now with Evander
3: Kane? Yeah, I don't know what Evander Kane's expiry date is, but it's not two months. He's, it, I, I think he's, you know, All right. I, I think he can he can coexist there and do some good things for
0: at least two months. See, Dave, that's why I asked. Yeah, that's that's why you're here. We were wondering why. Just trying to stir we it up. Just found out. I know where those guys stand on it. Holy cow! Well, it
1: was an active, you know, trade deadline for sure, and a lot of teams, as we said, uh, certainly improved themselves around the league. Uh, quiz time, Dan Duva. You're going to uh, sure. We, we can we gonna, do that. You know, we. So what? Uh, what, what did you come up with, uh, you and Gary, this week? you are going to try and stump us with.
0: Well, I, I think that we have uh, talked about this topic in one manner or another throughout the season, but here we are with 19 games to go. The trade deadline is passed, and so. Who will win the Hart Trophy? Most valuable player? If you're looking at, you know, someone, I mean, last year you got Connor McDavid. Connor McDavid's team is not gonna make the playoffs this year. So what do you guys think on who's going to be the Hart Trophy winner? And uh, Gary, uh, Nate Schmidt won it last week. Week before that it was the D, and the week before it was you, so you're up. By default, (laughs) you're up.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, it's an interesting question. I hear Taylor Hall's name getting kicked around. I'm not sure about that one just yet. Nathan McKinnon was an interesting name for a while, but uh, I'm going to go to the Winnipeg Jets, and I'm going to go to Blake Wheeler. And I think you know, he is—he plays on the wing. Mark Shifley gets hurt. He moves into center, and he goes on a tear, uh, and the Jets you know, really shoot up in the standings has a result of his play. This is a team that missed the playoffs last year. They are a contender. They're third in the Western Conference right now. He's their best player. He's their leader. I'm going to go with Blake Wheeler.
2: Oh, that's a good pick. I think he's done a good job. And it's tough for me because I like to see the whole season play out. I need to see who's in playoffs. Uh, I, I have one I'd like to say just to be a smart ass, and that would be Phil Kessel because I'd love to see him on the win the Hart Trophy. There's there's <laughs> a great pitcher for the NHL. Wow. Most valuable player, wow. Phil Kessel, the average man. A fast, fat guy. Uh, but no- <laughs> 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 and I played with him, and he, he still cracks four still guys on this table are in
3: better shape oh than my <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my uh, God.
2: But you know what? I think uh, another guy, and if they get in, and we, we saw him the last couple games, Andre Kopitar, to me, yeah. the way he's taken his game, uh, he he commands a game as well as anyone. His size, he takes face. He he played 24 minutes in the first night, and then and then comes out and, and has a, you know three points against the Golden Knights in Los Angeles. Comes out, scores that huge goal late, which I think was kind of the backbreaker in that game, uh, on the power play penalty kill. Huge minutes, face-offs. He's smart. He's strong. He's uh, he does. He he just really goes out and he can take a game over. As you're mentioning, players that can take a game over. He's one of those guys. And after a real off year last year, had the big contract. He's back. Scored his 27th of the season. Uh, He's just to me. I think he's one of the guys. If the Kings get in, it's going to be on his back.
1: You know, another guy that, and I guess the easy thing. You know, I just I don't want to pick Nikita Kucherov just because he leads the league in scoring. Like, I, yeah. I don't think he's. You know, and, and I, I agree with you, um, Gary. I think Taylor Hall's somebody that's certainly going to marry. What's he at twenty two or three games in a row now with a point, whatever it is. He's on a he's on a great run for a New Jersey team that, you know, we're going to kind of maybe talk about uh, surprise players. But in terms of surprise teams, leave the Golden Knights success as an expansion team out of it. Uh, New Jersey, who we're gonna see here to begin this road trip, has been an unbelievable story in the East most of the year. The guy that I, I think might merit a little bit of consideration, um, just because he's been part of a team that's had an unbelievable run here, is Claude Giroux of the Flyers. You know, he, he changed his position. They, they they move him to wing. They elevate Couturier to play their top line center with, with Konechny on the other side. So he changed his position well into his career and does it willingly and he's had a terrific season i mean as we sit here right now i think he's fourth in the league in points and that's one thing but the ability as a leader of that one of the leaders of that team to change positions have them they lost 10 games in a row earlier this year now they had points in five right it's, you know it's the nhl scoring they're all five and five whatever but not insignificant. They got points out of those games. You said to me between periods the other night in L.A., Shane, who's the first-place team in the Metro Division? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, Washington, Pittsburgh. Like, nope, the Philadelphia Flyers. Yeah, they, what are you They just about? S- snuck right was, in there. Yes. Won six in a row, 10-0-2 in 12 games. And I just think Giroux is a guy that, you know, Couturier's been a big part of it, no question about it. But, you know, in terms of somebody that's, been instrumental in this turnaround for them. He's been he's been awesome.
0: Yeah, you bring up a, a number of, of great names there. Do you think, guys? You, you, sometimes you get lost on a very good team when you have, you know, a, a former Hart Trophy winner in Sidney Crosby. Does Evgeny Malkin deserve consideration in this conversation? I, I just look at those teams that have, like, and like Tampa. That's why I'm not
2: saying Kutra. has He has, right. has Tampa. That's why. think right, Malkin yeah. has Crosby and Kessel, and yeah. they're just so dynamic. It's not a it's not a one man show. I, don't get me wrong. I Malkin is dynamite, but when I'm looking at a team that, that are really leaning on one guy, like so I mentioned, Koptar, Jeff Carter was out of the line. I mentioned Blake Wheeler, he really had. He moved to center when Shifley got injured. Like those are the type of areas I look
0: for for these Hart Trophy winners. Yeah, sometimes you look at numbers and then sometimes you just use the eye test. When a guy's got a puck on his stick, who scares you the most? Who is gonna take over?
2: You know what's interesting? Nobody mentioned a goalie because usually there's a goalie in the conversation. Yeah. Can you think of right. one?
3: No.
1: Not this no. year. No. Not real. Off the cuff. Well, no. Mark
3: Andre Fleury has been as dominant in, as any goalie in the National Hockey League this year, and uh, um, is he is he Vegas' most valuable player? You know, I'm not sure about that. No. He missed so much. Missed miss too, too much yeah. time. I think so. Yeah. Uh,
0: Carey Price had won it just a couple of years ago, but. Yeah. Uh, you have to go back a while before then. All right. Well, I, uh, I'm gonna have a hard time uh, picking uh, a winner here, but I'm gonna have to go with with Gary on this one and, and Blake Wheeler, just because as you talked about, to me when you look at that team, uh, it just, Kopachar is close, but I'm gonna I'm I'm interested in Gary's thoughts on this one. So Gary, you you oh. get they shake their heads at me. That's you know, fine. I, I, don't, I
2: don't disagree with that one, surprisingly. Wow, yeah. Uh,
0: and, and that's, <laughs> Something wrong with that. I'm feeling Especially. Ill. Well, you know, part of it is having just I watched. didn't even
3: mention his Corsi rating.
0: Uh-oh. No. <laughs> that's next. <laughs> but just, I mean, just when you watch just yesterday, I mean, Vegas played the Kings, and the Predators played the Jets. I mean, how about those two matchups in yeah. terms of what we're seeing right now, potential playoff matchups? Those two were exciting. All right. So Gary wins that one because he brought up Blake Wheeler. All right, let's go with... Question number two in the quiz. Biggest surprise player so far this season with only 19 games to go. So, Gary, you uh, again have...
3: Well, I eyes. have to go with Eric Stahl. He has 33 goals, 31 assists. He leads the Minnesota Wild in scoring. The Wild have gone on a hellacious tear, uh, climbed right back into, into the scene. In the it, they're, they're fourth, I believe, in the Western Conference right now, just firing on all cylinders. This is a guy who had to take a Bargain basement contract. He signed a three-year deal at 3.5 million dollars a year. Which, if you can, have, if you can have Eric Stahl at 3.5 million bucks in your lineup, you would take that all day long. He's probably saved Chuck Fletcher's job because this was uh, when they were out of the picture. It looked like fletcher was in real trouble now they still have to get it going in the playoffs i think there's there's going to be some questions there but minnesota is a dangerous team right now and eric Stahl for me is the biggest reason
1: three and, so, and a half million a year i'd chain 90 money right there well are also
2: getting out of a guy who scores 34 goals it makes a lot less
1: I, and i don't know if we're allowed to say the
2: gold knights but to me william carlson of course,
3: sure. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah well he's certainly to me the biggest surprise and Without a question, you know, look, 15 goals combined over the last two seasons. He comes in this year, and it's not only the fact that he scored 34 goals, but the way I watch him play the game now, he's good on both sides of the puck because he already had that element to his game. Uh, He he seems to get faster all season long. He's quick on pucks. He goes to the hard areas. Uh, I just did not know he had that all-around game and then on top of it, had that type of offense.
1: Yeah, I was going to go with Stall Garrett, just to kind of go off the page a little bit. But, yeah, I think to me, Carlson, and maybe um, we benefit from watching him every night. Um, But just how good he is. uh, You know, you talk a lot, Shane, about his 200-foot game, right? And just he's... He's responsible wouldn't in you, all areas Riley of the ice. Riley Smith
3: right beside right. him in terms? Like, like, yeah, floor, yeah, Riley Smith. Lip, but we watch those goal. teams
2: all the time. Another guy I could throw in there is the rookie Matthew Barzell. The both times yeah, I've seen him, yeah, he's yeah, dominated yeah. that yeah. game. He's yeah. he's surprised me. Barzell is just. Wow, what a season he's having as a rookie.
1: Yeah, you know, and somebody, you know, he could throw Brock Besser in there for Vancouver. I don't know if I, you know, anytime he scored, I kinda, 20, I, you know, figured I he was going to score. Bad
3: in the, in the yeah. question. It was, that question. That yeah. <laughs> it was poorly, worded, poorly worded. It was not meant for rookies because yeah. uh, they're kind of a grab bag. This was meant for guys like Carlson and Stall that. Uh, you know and and you know what i'm gonna I, i'm gonna concede to Shane because when you think about eric Stahl, he has done this before yeah, he scored william balls. carlson has never done this before that so is a bigger be, surprise
0: yeah and and for that reason shane wins this yes, race and fair. he's plus 37 to lead yeah, the league right. i mean sometimes you can make too much out of the plus minus rating for sure but you can't ignore plus 37 and of course, his line mates in Marcius so and Smith, those three have the top three plus minus ratings in the league. All right, Sheriff, so you win question number two. That brings us to question number three. Which team will look back at the trade deadline with regrets?
2: Oh, I so hope it's the Ottawa Senators. <laughs> <laughs> i really do i i think and, and to be honest i i don't think they made enough moves so maybe they're going to try and hang on and maybe the bill will turn it around but i think this was a team that needed to 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 revamp they needed to unload some money uh they didn't really do much so maybe they're uh, maybe they're feeling there's a there's a turn coming here this summer but we'll wait and see but i think right now i think this might be the team that regrets it
1: well the, the team i look at guys that and maybe They're a little bit gun-shy because they went out and got Kevin Shattenkirk last year. Washington Capitals didn't do anything. They didn't do a thing at the trade deadline. Now, won the President's Trophy last year, won it two years ago, went out and got Shattenkirk, and it did not help their team last year in the playoffs, and it didn't help that they ran into Pittsburgh again in the second round. But it is a team that's been right near the top of their division, and as we sit here right now is in first place in their division, in the metro, in that tough metro division, and didn't lift a finger to get the team, make the team any better at the deadline. So, and maybe the rationale is: look, we, we went all in last year with trying to get you know getting Shattenkirk, and it didn't work out. Um, they had I think it was a dozen players that were free agents after last season, be it restricted or unrestricted. and They lost a lot of the UFAs, um, but to not do, you know, one of the things that George McPhee touched on, Gary, was this team. Deserves to stay together and they also I think he felt it was incumbent upon him to try and and improve them if they could They earned that opportunity by how well they played the first 60 some odd games The Capitals have been as good as right up there with some of the you know the best teams in their division They didn't do a thing at the deadline, so I I don't know if they regret it But I was shocked they didn't do anything between now and the trade
3: deadline. Yeah, I Ottawa, I would go with Ottawa, except for the fact that Carlson has another year on his contract, so they still do have time to sell him. The New York Islanders are going to regret not trading John Tavares. They're out of the playoff picture. They're not going to resign him. I don't believe they will. If you're John Tavares, you're at the height of your powers. That new building isn't going to open for another three years. You're talking about playing uh, some games in Brooklyn, some games on Nassau Coliseum. They have spun their wheels you're looking around that dressing room and you're thinking, Andrew Ladd, he's, you know, we got a bunch of money in him. He's older. We don't have a goalie. We've got Barzal. He's a nice piece. I, I just don't see them being a contender for several years from now. They needed, they need to either be all in or all out. And they're stuck in the middle. And John Tavares is not. He has the option to not be stuck in the middle. He can on July one, he can say. I'm going to Vegas. I'm going to Toronto. Like I'm Toronto. going to, you know, I don't think Toronto has the cap space with them for him when you consider what they have to do. But there are places, you know, Vegas not getting Eric Carlson puts them right at the front of the line in the John Tavares sweepstakes if that's what George McFee decides he wants to do. And you don't have to give away picks to get him. And I don't think John Tavares is going to want the top of the line money. He's gonna want. He's more like Sidney Crosby, who signed his long-term deal for 8.7 million to give himself a chance to win. John Tavares wants a Stanley Cup. It's not coming on the island. They made a mistake.
2: Oh, and don't forget, uh, players do look at taxes when they start to sign deals. Yep.
3: No kidding.
0: Nassau County on Long Island has got about the highest taxes in America. <laughs> and, <laughs> Good luck. And then you come here in Vegas, yep. and, and, and that uh, plays on players' minds. But I'll tell you something, and I'm not a betting man, but if I were, I would not be surprised if Tavares actually does re-sign with the Islanders. If you look at it, and Gary, you said it, if the Islanders were to take the opposite approach, they are four points behind the Blue Jackets. If they had acquired somebody and tried to improve... I would have been on board with that. They didn't do anything. Yeah. Just like Dave said there about the Capitals, did they didn't hands. do a darn thing. And to me, either you trade Tavares or you do something to give your team a boost going into this run because the Blue Jackets aren't lighting it up either. So you can make a run there with just four points back. But I think that that takes the cake. We, it's amazing how in talking about the Hart Trophy candidates, we didn't bring up Ovechkin. We're not bringing up Capitals. You know, They are one of the best teams in the National Hockey League, but we haven't really talked about them. And... I'm with you, Dave. So Gosher, you win yep. question number three. Thank you very much. I and I think it. Gary, the, the jury's out on on your comment about I Tavares. Did,
3: what did Gosher say?
0: He Capitals. said the Capitals, didn't do anything. Capitals nah. They it's didn't not, do anything. He
3: doesn't win. <laughs> <laughs> terrible, jury's out. Terrible
0: back. ruling, Judge Judge Duva. Well, you got to check back. Then and I win. If over you guys the, argue over the summer if, in fact, Tavares goes elsewhere. Then you're right. But hey, for now,
1: Gosher wins. Can I just throw this in as an aside? You guys cool with what the Rangers did and how they did it? They go, they send oh, they it
3: over to Well, they committed to it. You know what?
2: They did exactly what they said they were going to yes. do. So I applaud yeah. them for that.
3: Yeah. yeah. They listen. And Whether they, they like it or not, they got a lot back. They you know they yeah. like, took in a lot. You look at their go to cap friendly and look what the new York, New York Rangers have at the draft the next couple of years. They all of a sudden have a ton of first round picks, multiples, multiple seconds, multiple thirds. Maybe that's where Tavares will go. Yeah, no oh, kidding, oh, eh? Oh, oh I, oh, oh, I that. Oh, my, move, my move goodness, you will not have to river? move. Wow.
0: You don't have to wait for a new arena.
1: And I think, you know, other teams have shown this too, guys. It doesn't have to be a long rebuild. It doesn't have to be. Mm -hmm. If you get certain parts back in trades, it doesn't have to be five or six years. You can do it in a couple of years, three years.
3: We need a new segment. We need to call it Yelling Guy because we have people (laughs) coming by and and yelling questions. We can't hear your question. Try again. Are they going to rebuild around Lundqvist? How old is he? I think
2: he'll be retired by the time the build
3: happens. Yes. Yes. I don't know. Thank you, yelling guy. That was a good question, <laughs> though. All That's right. was a good That's question. Very good question. Excellent question. And, and
0: Lunquist has been very clear. He's going nowhere. He wants to stay That's with tough, the Rangers, you know. no matter what the team goes through. Rebuild, push for the playoffs. He so, wants to be a part of whatever it is. What is, is he?
2: 37? So a rebuild usually takes minimum three years.
3: Yeah.
0: Well, unless he, you go he, like the Rangers are, and they're not. Hedging their bet, they're saying, Hey, we're going to do this right now. And yeah, so if they get
3: Tavares, <laughs> sort of the fastest I mean, rebuild we've seen recently, I think, is the Toronto Maple Leafs. They, they tore down in a hurry and then they got Austin Matthews, right? And if you take Austin Matthews, well, yeah, you got to get equation, a lottery. So you got to right? win a lottery. You know I mean? like that's, the, that's t- To do it in two or three years, that's what I'm saying. You need to win the lottery and it's got to be a, a, fr- a franchise guy. So, yeah.
1: yeah. Like, you know, and Edmonton
3: you can- has been rebuilding since 1995. <laughs> <laughs> They've won their
2: lottery, <laughs> <pick>. <laughs> or at least since
1: 06 in the final, at least, right? Yeah, it's yeah it's all right, all '06 fine. Yeah. Heart, 11 years yeah, right. not 25
3: right. like I suggested.
1: Yeah, but it doesn't have to be this. Yeah, you have to you have to have some good fortune, but you know you look at you mentioned like me. the Oilers, no, no, because the, they've had good fortune. No, like Toronto and getting Austin Matthews. <laughs> or, <laughs> But they McCall. got Marner and they got Neal <laughs> Yakupov. It wasn't just one guy. <laughs>
3: Ryan Nugent-Hopkins is a right. really good player.
1: You can pick the wrong guys. Connor McDavid, last time I checked, proven, right? he was
3: pretty good. Huck, he didn't come up with a hard conversation either. I guess because he's not going to make Non-playoffs. the playoffs. right? Yeah. but he's still, yeah. to
1: me, one of the top.
3: Yeah. Well, you Le- mentioned Leon me. Dreisaitl, they, they have had everything you need to be good, and they have thrown it all away. Yeah.
2: They don't have the surrounding cast.
3: Yeah, yeah. we'll get it.
1: You need
2: no. the supporting cast. You mentioned to me
1: Shane about uh, Winnipeg when they made when they relocated. They had to weed out. It is it's, it's the it, bad apples. It, from it is Atlanta. harder
2: to take on other other problems than to start from scratch, and we probably see no better example than this season with what yeah. Vegas was able to do, starting right from the bottom, doing everything your way, rather than the Jets. They took on an Atlanta franchise that was severely fractured and it took a long time to weed through and get to what they wanted
1: well the sheriff lawless some guy named dave podcast coming to you from fremont street the d hotel the official downtown hotel of your Vegas Golden Knights. A reminder for your fans that Rock Creek Cattle Company is a hidden gem located in the heart of Montana, and this working cattle ranch sits on twenty eight thousand acres of land and has a little something for everyone, including world-class golf, fly fishing, hunting, horseback, riding, and lots more. Escape the bright lights and discover Big Sky Montana. Exclusive memberships and real estate opportunities are available now. For more information, visit Rock Creek. Cattle Company.com and our guest of the day on the SLGND podcast is brought to you by Rock Creek Cattle Company as Gary catches up with TSN's Darren Drager.
3: We are now joined by TSN hockey insider Darren Drager. Darren, welcome to the program. Hey, thanks for having me, Gary. Uh, we're just going to talk mostly about uh, the, tr- the trade deadline, Darren, and I guess I would ask you right off the bat to talk a little bit about the Vegas Golden Knights and, and what you think George McPhee was able to accomplish and uh, obviously we'd probably like to touch on uh, a few things that he was close on and wasn't able to accomplish. So right off the bat, the first deal, uh, he acquires Ryan Reeves in a fourth round draft pick. with uh, He basically brokers a deal between the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Ottawa Senators and uh, uh, he's going to take on some cap space for Derek Broussard, but. Get to Reeves and a fourth-round pick. Your view of that deal, please, Darren.
4: Well, uh, look at Gary. I think it's a smart deal. I mean, Vegas made it pretty clear. I think uh, right out of the gate, uh, prior to the start of the season, that they was going to be a team that was, uh, you know, going to be in that market to acquire cap space if needed. Now, you know, as we've learned through the dealings involving Ottawa and Pittsburgh and Vegas. You know there's you know some cap scrutiny that you know the national hockey can employ but you know the end of the day uh, vegas still accomplishes what it set out to do and on top of that and and i don't know that you know the rest of the nhl media maybe paid as close attention to this as as they should have but uh, my understanding is that vegas had sights on ryan reeves for a while and uh you know that they were eager to add ryan reeves this wasn't a throw-in part of the deal Vegas, you know, again, at reached out to Pittsburgh and let it be known that Reed was uh, a piece that they felt could help the Vegas Golden Knights going forward. So if you want to start there, I, I think that it was a complicated deal, obviously, but, you know, all three parties, uh, Ottawa, Vegas, and uh, clearly the Pittsburgh Penguins ended up getting what they wanted.
3: Yeah, it's a, a, an interesting deal because George McPhee let it be known uh, quite a while before the deadline, that he was open for business. Uh, in in the essence that he had cap space, and if he needed to help broker a deal, he was willing to do that uh, to get involved and use that cap space. And the price that you know, the price of admission for him to help broker that yep. deal turned out to be Ryan Reeves and a fourth round draft pick. Your view on Reeves as a player?
4: Well, I like Ryan Reeves. I mean. Number one, you cannot play in today's NHL unless you can play the game. Uh, so, you know, the idea that he is a peer deterrent or an enforcer uh, is is incorrect. Ryan Reeves is a hockey player. He is going to help the Vegas Golden Knights, and you know, one of the the tools in his toolbox is to keep things honest out there. Um, but you know, let's not be misled by his ability to play the game at a high level as well. So. Um, you know if you're you're doing battle in that Western Conference, uh, yeah I guess it doesn't matter East or West. It's always nice to have a player who brings that element to the game. you know it's it's an accountability factor and Ryan Reeves, you know holds players accountable. he's an excellent teammate but again I, I don't want you know his toughness, his ruggedness, um, you know what he stands for, to cloud the fact that he can play the game, so uh, this is a good pickup by the Golden
3: Knights. It's kind of fascinating. Uh, you know, he picked up two penalties in the third period last night, uh, and you know he was you know, pretty vocal after the game about not liking either of the calls. And there is some some there's an opinion out there that Ryan Reeves is going to change the personality of the Vegas Golden Knights, and uh, Gerard lot you know, really kind of stomped on that after the game. He said, "I don't yeah. want Ryan Reeves." going out there to fight but we do want that physical element and uh, you know if you watched vegas play against the anaheim ducks the week before the deadline it and and then you know it looked like reeves was the kind of player that they were missing especially if they get into a playoff series against a big heavy club like anaheim la winnipeg nashville those teams that are out there in the west yeah no question about
4: that uh, you know again the game has changed over the last decade, certainly has changed, where, you know, if you've got a one-dimensional player, chances are that player is seeing limited ice time if he's playing at all. Um, you cannot survive in today's NHL uh, with that skill set alone. You've got to be able to play the game. You've got to be able to contribute. Um, and and you've, you've got to be able to stay between the lines. And I, I'm a believer in Ryan Reeves. Look at Jimmy Rutherford. And the Pittsburgh Penguins saw great value in Ryan Reeves when they acquired him initially. You know, they felt like they needed that element uh, to just help police things a little bit. But, you know, you, you don't throw a player who's one-dimensional into the mix that is the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, so, again, I, I think we need to, to, to just rewind a little bit here and recognize that Vegas, you know, had interest in Ryan Reeves prior to the three-way deal involving the Golden Knights the Penguins, and the Ottawa Senators. So I think that speaks volumes to uh, what Ryan Reeves can bring to the Golden Knights as a hockey player overall.
3: Yeah, and uh, you know I don't think you can underscore the relationship between Kelly McCrimmon and Ryan Reeves that goes back to their time in Brandon together. Reeves played for Krim yep. for, Crim for uh, a number of years, so uh, they know the personality, and they know what they're bringing in to their dressing room. Let's go to the Thomas Tatar deal. Uh, George McPhee sends a first in... This season, and then a second next year, and then a, a third way out three years from now. Uh, first, second, and a third, I think. And uh, 2021 is when the third is. Yeah, that's correct. Um, I'm getting uh, Shane Knighty and Dave Gosher are giving me smoke signals from behind here. So, uh, <laughs> um, uh, you know, a lot of people look at that and say, wow, heavy price to pay. Well, Vegas, uh, you know, uh, a GM once said to me, never never fix a hole by digging another hole in your backyard because you're still stuck with a hole. And M- yeah. McPhee doesn't have a hole in his organization now because he had picks to give, and Tatar is not a rental. He's around for three years. And he does, he provides them third-line scoring right away. But also, for me, yeah. insurance. If, you know, a James Neal or a David Perron goes down at some point in time, Thomas Tatar can walk up and in that top six and play for one of those guys. He could play on the line with Smith, Show <clears throat> and Carlson if there was an injury there. And then he provides injury uh, provides insurance moving forward. Uh, it's no secret that Perron and Neal are pending UFAs. If one of those guys doesn't sign, uh, Thomas Atari is a top six talent. He moves right up. I like this deal.
4: I, I like it too. And you know, I think that uh, management in in Vegas did exactly what they said they were going to do. Uh, And I know we're going to talk about this. Yes, of course, they were tempted by the bigger piece that is Eric Carlson. But they did not detract or subtract from their lineup. They added to their lineup. And we've talked about Ryan Reeves. But, you know, Tatar gives them a little bit of stability, as you've uh, articulated here, moving forward. He's got term on his contract. And, you know, look, at at the start of the season, did we expect that George McPhee would be moving a first, a second, and a third for one player, regardless of the year? No, of course not. But you know the Vegas Golden Knights are an unbelievable story in today's NHL, and you know there's there's no reason to suggest that they can't do what would be unprecedented and win a Stanley Cup in the inaugural year. Well, the way you do that is by making sure that you don't upset the chemistry that exists and has been developed by Ger- uh, Gerard Gallant and coaching staff. But by adding, and in doing so, making sure that you're right, if Perron or James Neal end up moving out in, in free agency, well, they're entitled to that. They earned that right. But now at least you've got one piece that you can lean on, who is a third-line guy on a good team, but you know can easily slide into your top six. So I thought that this was shrewd management by McPhee, um, because you know you and I both know they had this deal parked. Right. I mean, this was uh, a deal that they had made with uh, Kenny Holland and the Detroit Red Wings that couldn't get completed until basically the last second. Even though you know the negotiation was there, the agreement was there on the principles, but McPhee and and, and McCrimmon and the Golden Knights had bigger fish that they were working on and, and couldn't make one without closing on the other.
3: Well, let's talk about it. It's the uh, the deal for Eric Carlson, and it was. Uh, uh, you know, widely reported and you, yourself, Bob McKenzie, talked about Vegas being in on Eric Carlson to the very last minute. What do you know about that deal and, and, and how close was it and why do you think it didn't happen?
4: Yeah, well, the reason I don't think it happened is, uh, and I don't mean this, you know, to be disrespectful of uh, Pierre Dorian and the Ottawa Senators, uh, but I, I think Ottawa in the end got cold feet and... Either you know Dorian didn't like the deal, you know, initially, um, or you know they circled back. Ottawa circled back the last second to say we need more. Uh, I'm not sure what happened. and We may never know. You know, just based on confidentiality and the respect that one organization would have for the other. What I do believe is what we reported on Monday, and that is Vegas was the team that pushed the hardest and pushed right up to the wire. Um, and you know who are the the pieces? Look, it. I mean, I, I'm always careful in throwing names out there. I'm going to assume that you know a, a principal piece like Shea Theodore maybe had to be involved. That would be a real tough one for Vegas to. Do. You know, maybe Suzuki as a you know up and coming piece would have had to be involved in multiple drafts. Who knows? I mean, at the end of the day, what does it matter? Because. The deal didn't happen but i think gary what's most important to note here is you know george mcphee doesn't engage without full support of his owner and without kelly mccrimmon and the scouting staff of the vegas golden knights in concert with gerard Gallant and the coaching staff of the vegas golden knights saying we got something special here if if we can add a generational player like eric carlson let's do whatever we think is necessary to try and acquire that piece within reason. And I think George McPhee did exactly that. And look, I, you know, he probably feels that he had a deal made or had at least the pieces, the elements of a deal that that deal should have been made. Why it wasn't consummated, we may never know, but I give full credit to the Vegas Golden Knights for recognizing this is a special team They've got a wonderful opportunity here, and ownership and management was going to do everything to give this team a chance to win that Stanley Cup. Yeah, you
3: mentioned ownership, and there's a couple of things here that you kind of have to tip your cap to Bill Foley, because obviously he was supportive of, you know, we don't know what they were taking on, but if they were taking on Carlson and Bobby Ryan, you're talking about uh, tens of millions of dollars in contract, So Bill Foley, that's, yep. those are deals that every owner in the NHL signs off on. No one has carte blanche to, to bring all that kind of money without the owner. So Foley is, is supportive enough of an owner that he would look at that and go, okay. But then also sophisticated enough to let his general manager do his job and not push him at the last minute and say, we'll throw something else in. You know, if Vegas had drawn a line in the sand and said, you know, this is what we're willing to do, and th- that again, that would have been, you have to have that talk, that conversation with your owner when you're talking yeah. about moving multiple pieces, and then for the owner not to say at the last minute, well, what's it going to take to get over the, the hump, and, and urge the general manager to make that move. He trusted his general yeah. manager, and he supported him if what we're hearing is all accurate. And that to me is uh, a Bill Foley, a, a new owner, but a very astute owner.
4: 100% agree with that because you're right. I mean, if you've got uh, an owner who, uh, they're all hands on to some degree, but if you've got an owner who's intoxicated by the possibility and feels like, you know, look, I, I'm gonna trust my gut on this and I'm gonna force my my management to make a move, even though I'm not experienced enough to, to do that, I just I love the idea of adding uh, for the sole reason to, to win a Stanley Cup. Imagine the history books how they'd be rewritten. Um, and and look, I'm sure that there was a big part of that with Bill Foley and others who who wanted to do that. But you know, you've got you know incredible experience in in management. And and again, there's another layer of credit there um, whereby. You know, George and Kelly and, and all those involved in that decision. It had to have been really difficult to not close on that deal. But the only way you're in that deal, to your point, Gary, is if the owner you know, fully signs off on having to re-sign Eric Carlson. You don't you know, pour out the assets that would have been unthinkable a few months ago unless you're absolutely convinced that you're going to be able to keep Eric Carlson long-term. And that's a tricky thing. That is a tricky thing. I mean, you're talking about a player who, you know, as an unrestricted free agent, or if he signs long-term in in Ottawa, is going to be, what, an 11, 12, 13 million dollar player? He's a two-time Norris Trophy winner. So, uh, I I, honestly, all of Monday, I might might have looked distracted on TSN because I was. And I was distracted early on because I couldn't believe how close things seem to be headed towards Vegas acquiring Eric Carlson. And it didn't happen, but that's fine. You know, the Golden Knights are a strong team. They're going to contend for the Stanley Cup just based on the dressing room they have and everything that, uh, you know, has, has, has made it possible for them to get to this point. But the fact that that organization got involved to the degree that they did when others like Tampa Bay backed off, I mean everybody has to be on the same page and that starts with ownership and goes all the way down.
3: Hey, Darren, we know you're really busy, and uh, you're supposed to be starting Mail It In March uh, anytime soon. So uh, we really appreciate you joining us today after uh, a crazy week, and uh, uh, it was fun watching all your all your coverage. I listened to the podcast that you did with uh, with Bob and Pierre last week and uh, uh, the war stories you guys were telling about. Uh, I suggest people, uh, after you listen to hashtag SLGND, go and listen to the Bobcast and uh, catch uh, Bob and Darren and Pierre because it was really good stuff. Thanks, Gregs.
4: Okay, Gary, thank you. Thanks for
3: the interest. And we thank
1: Darren Dreger for taking time out of his schedule to join us. A great recap on the NHL's trade deadline, not only with the Golden Knights Dave, but also around the league as well. The hashtag SLGND podcast, the Sheriff Lawless, some guy named Dave, coming to you from the D Hotel in downtown Vegas. All right, fellas, time now for Raise or Fold. The last two games for the Golden Knights have been against the LA Kings. Raise or Fold on The Kings-Golden Knights rivalry. They played four times this year but just wrapped up a home-and-home shake.
2: I I raise on this one. I think coming in, everybody thought it would be like the, the desert war with Arizona, but that's not the case. The Kings, I think just logistically, I think how big that team is, a lot of California transplants here in Vegas, I just think it sets up. And then to watch the games, there's some serious dislike between these two teams. But... You never get to that next level until you have a playoff series for a rivalry. So we'll wait and see, but right now I raise on it.
3: Yeah, I'm down with Shane. I think uh, I raise on this one for sure as well. The opportunity for uh, this to be the, the, the second largest crowd of the year last year. It's four hours from L.A. People drive up. They come to Vegas. Vegas is a place where people from L.A. come for a holiday, and L.A. is a place where if people from Vegas go for, for a holiday as well. I think it just, everything is there, but Shane is right. They need a seven-game, them dra- down drag them out series to really make this a
0: rivalry. And, of course, I'm raising on it, too. And interesting in that we saw the Knights and the Kings play not just home-and-home, home, but on consecutive days, home-and-home. Mm-hmm. Home. The Kings had not done that since November of 2011 when they did it against the Ducks. and The Kings won both of those games too, by the way. But when you play the same team twice in a row in two days, it gives you sort of a preview of a playoff series where it's not just one game today and you see them again in a month. Two days in a row, there was carryover from one game today. I'd next. like to see it more. Yeah, yeah me yeah. too.
1: Yeah, I raise on it now, guys, um, after the home and home. The first two games, you know, Vegas chased quick early here, was over in the first period. They won an overtime in L.A. right after Christmas. But these last two games and some of the stuff that went on between Perron and Doughty. Oh, yeah. You know, going at each other. Yeah. Reeves you last love night. Don't to
3: hate Drew Doughty? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Great player, though.
1: <laughs> like that, to me, over the last two games, um, where it, it really kind of solidified it more for me of, yeah, the geographic certainly play a part. You need both teams to be good, right? And L.A., an enormous four points for them over a 24-hour period, winning both of those games. Yeah, put them into cute, a playoff spot. Cute. Yeah, they, they're, they've are they put themselves in a – they were on the outside looking in before the game against the Golden Knights in L.A., and now they've taken, you know, four big points, including that come-from-behind win uh, in L.A. So, yeah, I raise on it, especially after what I witnessed the last two games. And, you know, to your point, Shane, you imagine a playoff series where fans are driving back in oh. full – it'd be It'd be phenomenal well that's
2: what great. takes it to the next level yeah. and then, and then that sticks for a while as long as you're good though
0: as yeah. long as the teams right. are good right and of all the buildings that the golden knights have visited did you hear anything like the golden knights fans at staples center right before warm-ups when the team even before the team came out for warm-ups the fans were cheering and they were out by the tunnel and we see that often at t-mobile arena when visiting fans come here but to see it with Golden Knights fans at Staples Center, there were chants for Marc-Andre Fleury at Staples Center. Yeah. That was pretty neat. Yeah, so that's a
1: big raise from all of us on uh, the Kings and the Golden Knights rivalry. All right, razor fold. So we've got a trip coming up here, guys. Eight-day ga- uh, eight trip, five games. It's some some of the hot spots. Dan, you'll love this. Go to New Jersey. The great for you. state of yep, New Jersey. Yeah, the Garden State. Springsteen country. Yeah, so Jersey, uh, who? Never heard of him. Is he new? Shane's a big Bruce fan, right? Who? Oh, yeah. <laughs> So, Jersey, I don't know the order, Jersey, Detroit, Columbus, Buffalo, Buffalo, and Philadelphia. Buffalo, home
3: of the Goo Goo Dolls.
1: Yeah, so there you go. So, that's uh, that's the five gamer. There's people's zip line right in front of us. going to have there oh, I thought they were cheering for you, Dave. Uh, yeah, no, no. no. Uh, so, razor fold on. Getting through an eight-day road trip with just carry on luggage. <laughs> no. Lawman?
3: <laughs> well, uh, Okay. It, so like over not, the uh, the maybe the not carry-on luggage, but maybe not seven pieces of luggage like you'll have. Because Gosher will have a suit <laughs> Gosh, bag. Gosher, who does have a it? Yes. Bag. He'll have a duffel bag, and then he'll have uh, some gigantic <laughs> like, uh, work piece. bag. Yes, uh, I, I, I bag? think I can get through it with one one suitcase. I've got a big but, big. I've got a big tomy. But I think I can make but it. But it's that. gonna be
1: carry-on though. Yeah, you I wrote carry. I'm
3: folding on that. Okay. 90's the only guy that can do carry-on. He won't but he could.
2: No, no chance. <laughs>
3: Special costumes. I, I'm
2: I'm an overpacker. Uh, I'm I have an abundance of clothing. Just cuz you never know what 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 <laughs> yeah. might arise on the road. Occasion, right? You there need, might be a might certain have a different t- pair of shoes that I you I want need. to be prepared. Bring I usually you got bring, three pairs bring, of shoes on yeah. trip. Yeah. At least. Shoes. shoes take up a lot of room.
0: waders
3: on a trip like this, you know, you never you never know. You may go go fly fishing. Yeah, had some good wheels somehow.
0: recently, the black
1: and white
2: polka. Yeah, yeah. Ones. got pretty, some new wheels, pretty... ordered up a new pair uh, for Friday,
3: yeah. so we'll that see what good. happens.
0: Well, between stopping in Newark and then Philadelphia, I would be the one to get through this because oh, I'm, I'm home. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't I not have to bring any luggage. Go to your old bedroom. Yeah. Yeah. you sort got to it.
3: pack 19 razors, Fred Flintstone. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to shave three times a day.
0: Yeah, I guess that'll take up some room in the suitcase. I, uh, now, so. I fold because, admittedly, I am the absolute
3: no.
1: Worst. You are terrible. The
3: absolute terrible. worst packer
1: on planet, and you're Earth.
3: bad getting on the plane too because you're 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 turning to around to make sure my items you're are fine. Putting stuff around, and I like it when Shane just knocks you out. Well, of the way I wait. I have to, to wait get get for to Shane to get comfortable. Dan and I, we're, we are much better. Well, you guys are really cute once you get up in the air, and you share <laughs> the blanket, and you share, share a blanket. And you share. Easy. You share the iPad. The iPad. Yep. You have oh, yeah. the dual yes, headsets. Right. You're Watching the same shows—that's yeah. very nice. Broadcasting yeah, the same on the I, don't, I, I
2: don't know about the, the blanket, but yeah, certainly yes. watching the same <laughs> show. Certainly <laughs> watch the shows.
1: I actually, I made a big purchase recently. I got one of the fancy bags where you can uh, the, on the wheels to yeah. try to consolidate my packing. Oh yeah. Uh, and I brought it on our last what was that eleven day trip. So that'll be in order again, just okay. to let you know. So I'm going to try and consolidate a little bit more.
3: But you, but for some reason, you bring your extra suits in a suit bag. No, not put anymore. them in the bag. No, not
1: with my consolidation situation. Oh, you're calling so it consolidation that. system. <laughs> Is it my Samsonite, perchance? So I do that because... Consolidation situation. My, 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 I think my suits get wrecked. But yeah. Shane says, no, you can put them in there and they'll be yeah, fine. Yeah. Or you I've can do seen the- your
2: suits, it's not a concern. <laughs> I was going to say,
3: they're disposable, they're one season only. They're reversible. <laughs> Sansa belt, Sansa belt reversible excellent. Oh, fantastic. So uh,
1: I'm folding big time yeah. on myself. Okay. Who, no,
3: just hold on, a quick time out here. Who was the guy that you were covering, uh, you were either with the Bruins uh, someone forgot a suit or burned a hole in his suit or oh. forgot. To, and he, well, they're all screwing me. They're all oh, screwing me. Oh, Johnny Most. Me. It's a Johnny the, Most. a the Celtics
1: announcer. Yeah, they're well, always in the Celtics. Yeah, they, they screwed him. They told him that they told him they were going to be like going from the Boston to Cleveland. Well, he thought they were just going to go Boston to Cleveland back to Boston, but they were going out to the West Coast for a week. So he said it. You always screw the old guy. You're always screwing me. He went and bought
0: Sansa Bell slacks in L.A. or morale for
1: a week with a golf shirt. He's a
0: disgrace. The late, great Johnny Most. I right. ended up in Cincinnati with only one shoe for a morning Thank game. You. And I had to go to Macy's as they opened to buy a new pair of shoes. <laughs> buy the well, other shoe. I went
3: on a road trip with a man on Toba Moose team back in the I.H.L. And they were down in this series uh, 3-2 and games six and seven were in Houston, and the winner of the series was going straight to Chicago. Well, when we got to Chicago and my bag came out, Brian Chapman, who was captain of the Moose, grabbed my bag and picked it up. He goes, you thought it was light. You thought we were going to lose, didn't you, Lawless? Because they won. And Tim Campbell and I had to go and, uh, and shop in Chicago for clothes.
1: Did you have guys, Shane, you played with maybe in, you know, the American League of the East Coast? We had a guy when I was in the East Coast League in Wheeling. Darren Schwartz was our captain, and... Um, we went on, like, a week-long trip. I couldn't tell you where it was. Oh, hey, old
3: Schwartz. You remember Schwartz? sorry
1: Schwartzy? Schwartzy? <laughs> he walked on the bus with his suit on and a toothbrush uh, in Wendell his jacket Clark. pocket. That was it. Going away for a week. That who, was his luggage, a toothbrush should? in his pocket. That
2: was Wendell Clark. Yeah. that's it's, uh, That yeah. was the way he did it. You just bring a toothbrush and a suit, and away you go. <laughs>
3: Sinatra used to—he uh, would only wear a shirt once. So maybe Wendell was like that. He would just buy a new shirt in each town.
1: That's unbelievable. Well, all right. we're all folding on that, especially yes. myself. Razor fold. Um, there were some snow flurries in Vegas last week.
3: This <laughs> was fantastic. I was at Trader Joe's. I pulled up. I dropped my daughter off at school. Pulled into Trader Joe's to get some groceries, and people were running out of Trader Joe's with their cell phones. To, to video oh, yeah. the snow falling, so uh, uh, for the, the pure comedy of that, I'm raising on the snow. Yeah.
2: I don't even know if I... I'm from Manitoba. That wasn't even snow. No. I don't know what that was, like a light rain. We'd call that sleet, I believe. <laughs> sleet, you're correct. Uh, I don't know if I consider that snow, but you know, I have no problem with it, so I can raise on it. I'm folding. It, I don't want snow. Yeah, that's true. You're, I, I, I moved from that. Boston. What do I want snow for? <laughs> that wasn't I could have stayed,
1: stayed home. Would you call that snow? No, no, no it right? wasn't. Well, I get a kick up, Gary. So my, I was leaving the Golden Knights offices, and there were people from our office sprinting outside with cell phones in hand to get video and pictures of snow. So, well, <laughs> I said, well, I've had nine feet of snow in Boston three years ago. Like I've had enough snow. No, I'm folding. I don't want snow. That's not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for 70 and sunny every day. Dan? <laughs> I'll tell you, having been in
0: upstate New York the last several yeah, yeah. years, yeah. Uh, I have Where? had more... Circus? That's right. Oh, okay. I thought I was going to make it through the whole show. It's the only one so far. Did I you say gonna- Syracuse? I didn't no. say it. Somebody else did. It's the only... <laughs> I tried.
1: We're down to the usual
0: fifteen references, <laughs> yeah, snow, so well, that's good. Okay, good. good. All right. uh, but uh, you know, I I, uh, I am happy to have moved on from the uh, snowy environs of Central New York. Uh, it's nice for nostalgia purposes. It's nice to look up and see some snow-capped mountains. But to drive in it or walk in it, no, I'm no. I'm done. No, no. Right. So so Gary's raising. He likes snow, and uh, <laughs> the rest of us, the hell with it. Hey, we can watch it Here on TV. There you
1: go. All right, final razor fold. Jam-packed schedule for the Golden Knights or fold on games every other night pretty much here for the rest of the season
2: oh well, everybody's in the same situation i raise on it because i really think it sets up for what you got to do in playoffs so if you're going to prepare and you've got to hit your stride heading into the postseason you've got to learn to play every second night you've got to learn how to rest your body how to find that energy how to get ready and you might as well do it here through these final remaining games so that when you hit when you hit playoffs, you're ready. But, but there is the trick. You've got to try and stay healthy through that. So I think the coaches manage it really well. But every team's in this situation.
3: Well, as the only guy in this group that will have to go to practice every day on those off days, the, the every other days, I'm folding. This is going to be a grueling stretch. Unless one of you guys decide to say, hey, Gary, take the day off. No. I'll handle practice for you. No, a you're good. Your you're breath. all folding on that? I That's wouldn't hold your breath I, I fold. All right. I, I need I'm, my I'm, recovery so time. I get tired. I'm folding on the schedule.
0: Dan? I think it's great. I think you get into a routine <laughs> yeah. of, uh, of, of having a game, then another day to prepare, and then another game. Baseball is a grind because they so rarely have yeah. days off. Uh, sometimes when there are more than two days between hockey games, it's – Get me back in the booth. I want to get going again. So, yeah, yeah uh, game off, and really off is not really off most of the time. It's just sort of a regroup day to prepare yeah. for the next one. There will uh, be
3: some off days. I would imagine yeah. there will be some days where Gerard Oh, says, yeah. I don't want to see you anymore. Don't yeah. come to the ring.
0: And I think we're going to have one of those in Detroit. I'd like to have one of those in New Jersey, but what are you going to do? Okay.
3: Oh, you could stay in Jersey. Yeah, <laughs> <right>? <laughs> you know what? That should have been the question. Razor fold on an off day in Motown. Uh. I would prefer Santa Monica. Old yeah. Santa yeah. Monica. It's not at the top of my list
1: of having an off day. <laughs> Let's go to Sunset Boulevard. None of them again. really on this yeah. trip around my. We'll
3: list, head to Gross well. Point or Farmington. I'm Indiana. looking forward to Buffalo.
1: Yeah, I know you are. I'm going go to go there twice. Go <laughs> there twice because you're a big deal. Uh, I, um, I raise on it because I like the yeah. I like the fact that we're into the home stretch. I raise on it because we get to the playoffs soon. So the sooner we get to the playoffs and. Which I think is going to be phenomenal to see playoff games here. and that be being
2: awesome. the other side of it i've been in is just get it over with
3: yes that's kind of my <laughs> yeah, point let's, I, let's yeah. just get to the playoffs yeah, let's yeah, just get so. the playoffs or let's
2: just get it over with yeah.
3: the first time shane and i haven't been on a death march for a number of years
2: yeah seriously yeah, I,
3: 2013 was the last time the teams that we the, the team we pr- covered principally wasn't uh wasn't out of it that was a quick four games yeah, fast.
1: Yeah. It's, uh, you know what's funny, and just as an aside, when your team, uh, and you guys witnessed this in, in Winnipeg, when your team misses it, it sucks. right? Oh, it you go through the suck. grind of the whole yeah, season. Yeah. You know, unfortunately, my last bunch of years in Boston, they had success, but they also missed it two years in a row. And the playoffs start, you know, that first, that first flood of games, the first night, opening night of the Stanley Cup playoffs, and your team's not in it. And you're just kind of like... You know, it's such a different, you don't have a vested interest. Yeah. It's such a different experience. It's, it's like souls. they bring
3: your birthday cake out and the candles are all lit and they get blown out before the, t- the, the yeah. cake gets put on the table for you. I'll tell you, and, and I agree with you,
0: Dave, and having the experience in the minor leagues the last five years in the American League twice, the team I was working with, Syracuse, Tampa Bay Lightning affiliate, got to the finals and lost. As hard as that was the year after they got to the finals and lost, they missed the playoffs. Yeah. That was worse, that was worse. And by the way, top line for the 2013 Grand Rapids Griffins, Tomash Tatar was on the wing. Last year's Calder Cup champion Grand Rapids Griffins, Tomas Nosik was the top line center. Tatar and They've done some things that have bothered me in the past, but now they're, they're okay now. Oh, they're I know I,
2: I it doesn't bother me. I just take off to
1: Europe. Shane's got other fish to fry. He leads a busy there life. He's onward and upward. And that's how he rolls. <laughs> that's how he does it. All right. All right, that's razor full. Now for our final segment, we're going to do fact check. Before we do it, Dan, hold the phone. I want to remind everyone that the Foley Food and Wine Society has created... Uh, to celebrate three of Bill and Carol Foley's greatest passions, world-class wines, exceptional cuisine, and outstanding destinations. And as a member of their society, you'll have access to their entire portfolio of properties around the globe. The Foley Food and Wine Society offers something exclusive for everyone, an exclusive opportunity to join like-minded individuals who seek to experience the finer things in life, and they
0: look forward to hosting you during your next visit. All right, Dan, what did we screw up this time? Well, I took Gary's advice and went to capfriendly.com. Just to iron out the numbers you were talking about, and it really is amazing just when you look at Eric Carlson and Bobby Ryan, this year combined, the two of them, 13.75. Next year, again, 13.75. And then there's three more years on Ryan's contract, and that's up to 49.25 if you put all of that together. We're talking almost $50 million between two players Carlson this year next and then Ryan for these you five have years to take
3: you have to prorate this year yeah. and that gets it much down closer to 30 sure yeah,
0: it just just when you look at those numbers it is eye-popping when you put it in that context yeah. when you look at the salary cap and you look at what some of the other players and the other bargains around the league we talked about stall and obviously Carlson some other golden knights but just taking your advice and going to our friends at CapFriendly.com to look at it amazing and then the other one uh, just to Dave, just impressive, you talked about Taylor Hall's scoring streak, now 22 games. He's got 32 points in that span. Now, worth clarifying that he did miss three Devils games in the midst of that streak, but he didn't play, so the streak is not broken. But 22 straight games for him, Fifteen goals and 32 points for Taylor
1: Hall. And we are going to see them the first game of the road trip, right? It's the only team the Golden Knights haven't played yeah. is the Devils, and then they end up playing in them twice in 10 days. The first game back after the road trip is against New Jersey as well. So, um, I think that's it, boys. Right? We've done uh, we've done all yeah. the damage we can do. I that's think about for, it.
0: for one for one podcast. I, I'm supposed to pick the number one star at the okay. show, but you guys, I, I, uh, I accept your congratulations. You guys tied on it. the quiz. <laughs> <laughs> you tied on the quiz. But uh, I-, I thought, uh, really, that the star of the show, even beyond the quiz, I thought uh, Gary's interview earlier uh, with Dregs was outstanding. There's so much to learn, and when you've got the uh, the inside scoop, as Gary can often dig up for us, so Gary gets number one star. Great interview.
2: Congratulations, Gary! Thank you, Gary. This is awesome. Yeah. Uh, I guess uh, our interviews didn't. Oh, that's right, we
3: didn't do one. Yeah. So it's kind of, that's <laughs> a, a quick note though before we go, I want to congratulate our buddy Shane debut uh, on NBC last night. Yes. Uh, for a kid from hey. Nipawin, Manitoba, oh. to end up on national TV in the United States, of course, Dave has done. I was going to say, I'm just trying to hit Dave's stature. Dave has done NBC <laughs> as well, and uh, but Pawtucket <laughs> and, uh, and 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 Nipawin, they're a little different on the scale of things. So yeah. uh, mm-hmm. uh, congratulations to, you you. to both, but well done, Shane. I've heard some good reviews. I heard you were pretty good. Of course, Whoa, Sheriff, I didn't hear that. Pretty no, <laughs> Nobody said that. But, but. that was just. <laughs> Sam Flood didn't phone <laughs> me at no, serviceable, no, So, no, so no, don't no. get too excited.
2: Oh, I was just saying the negative reviews I got when I got home. No, yeah, I just, yeah. <laughs> family's tough.
1: Well, the Sheriff Lawless, some guy named Day Podcast. Another one in the books from the D Hotel, our official downtown hotel. Aubrey Vegas Golden Knights. Our thanks to Darren Drager for joining us earlier on in the podcast. Golden Knights. Uh, one more home game later on this week. And then out on a five-game road trip but uh, on their way down the home stretch of the NHL's regular season with the playoffs down the road here a little bit on the horizon. But uh, thank you all for tuning in. We'll talk to you next time.